in a world that has more than enough information and noise. Is it even possible to truly anchor ourselves and have peace in a scattered world? Hi, this is Pamela and Mary, and we are a mother-daughter team who span two generations but share one message. We will delve into what it looks like to be fully integrated, body, soul, and spirit, and will bring encouragement and hope all along the way. We get it. Life is hard. And let's be real. Hard doesn't even begin to describe it on some days. But we want you to know that you're not alone. And not only that, we are here to come alongside you and cheer you on as you walk out your individual storyline. So join us as we journey together and laugh, cry, and everything in between. Welcome to the More Than Enough podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to More Than Enough. Hey Ma. Hey Mary, and hey everybody out there listening. Thanks again for joining us. It is summer as we are recording this. And yeah, my kids just all got off school. And so I am huddled in a closet. Actually, I I kept hearing sounds in the closet and I'm like, what is that sound? I tried to find the only quiet place in the house and realized it was like a vent coming up from somebody's room. So I was like, no, everybody stop. No sounds. Uh, yeah. So there's nowhere you can go. There's nowhere you can get away from them. Well, yeah, in your case. And then my closet is the only place that has no windows. And so I guess that's my quietest place that's in true. my space. And I was just thinking something when you were talking. And now I don't remember what I was going to say. So, but anyway. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm excited about today's topic, the foundational keys to our kid's heart. I am excited because actually I was just having some different conversations with different friends kind of asking me something similar. And I'm sure mom, you've had so many people ask you over the years that that specific question. I do just want to jump in and say, it's funny, mom, all I can remember, not all I can remember, I can remember a lot of things about my childhood. But one very, very specific thing that I always remember that over the years when people asked, how did you raise your kids well? Or how do you have a good relationship with them? And you would always say, do you remember what you always said? You always say, Love covers a multitude of sins. And yes. so I just held on to that so much. Yes. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I yes. Let's just start with that to all of us this morning and everyone listening and everyone who will ever listen to this is that just remember that, that love does cover a multitude of sins and that we're going to have parts that are missing. So I think when we think about foundational keys, I'm sorry, Mary, I'm just jumping in. I didn't really yep, ask. Yep, do it. Well, as long as I'm going. Yeah, I think everything we always want to frame with grace, you know, when we start talking about the keys to our kids' hearts and just these steps and do that, this, that, or the other, I think, you know, we just always want to be careful with each other when we're even having conversations as moms, is that, that there's a lot of grace. For every mistake you make, Jesus has died for that, and he can cover the the parts of your children that you missed or your husband missed or whatever. So let's just keep that in mind as we talk about these things today. So yeah, that is something I would say. I have the next thing I'm about to say regarding these keys to me, and again, these are going to sound like so, okay, that's so fundamental. We already know that. Give us something more. But right. I think I shared this story maybe already, but I'm just going to say very briefly that it's as if God is really giving us the secret to our kids' hearts, right? Part of that comes from ourselves, that that we have the capacity to love. So as we've been talking about all these foundations and these broken parts, the truth is there's going to be some moms listening this morning who maybe don't have a lot of 
sort of reserve within themselves right. to love in a way that they want to love. Right. So I was I was thinking that same thing as I was going through this. I'm like, people are going to be listening that are like, I'm not naturally super maternal. I'm not all warm and fuzzy. It does not come natural at all. So yeah, that we're just really mindful of that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, I can't overstress that because I feel like I was one of those, one of those people. I guess what I say to those people is that God can do a miracle. He really can. As you are growing and you're beginning to experience love, more and more and more, he can give you what you didn't have. But today we're going to try to stay on topic, which is, you know, what are some of those keys? Like I said before, that in my life, it was very clear that God basically was telling me at one point in my life, when I felt like I was going to have to come home and stop working and be home with my children, I was definitely concerned a couple of points along the way. And so it was literally as if he gave me and whispered to me, like, this is the secret to winning their hearts. And the secret was to love them well. Yeah. And if I loved them well and I connected with them, that they would in turn love me. And so it's funny how God has put this DNA in us, especially with our mothers yeah. and even our fathers, that if they connect with us, if they notice us, if they listen to us, if they love us in a way that is without condition, we are basically wired in our DNA from God himself that this is what we long for in the deepest part of ourselves is to be loved. I would say very generically, and yet there's so many things to say about it, but that I think love is the key. And you know, Mary, that's what I've been saying for years as well, is that if we are able to be in that space where we have influence over them and they love us, we will so love them. I think at the end of the line of that love that we have with them as we go forward is that we can just stay there forever and like, oh, they love us and we love them and it's all good. But in reality, we're raising them so that they'll transfer that kind of deep love and deep bond and deep trust and faith that they have in us, that they'll have that in God. Yes. So no, that, that's the end goal. Yeah. So you jump yeah. in about love. I think that the first thing that when you're saying that, I feel, even though I, I know your heart and I, yeah, I, I get that, but I'm also like, what does that mean to show them love? Like, what does that look like? What does love look like? And I think, again, there's so many different things we could just throw out of like, this is what love is. But when I think of what does love look like at the end of the day, it's just a word. I remember a year or so ago, my daughter was just throwing a tantrum or doing something and my youngest daughter, and she kept saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And but like real snarky, like, I'm sorry. And I'm like, mercy, that doesn't sound sorry. And she's like, but I'm saying sorry. And uh, I'm like, well, that doesn't sound very kind. <laughs> and so I kind of gave her an example. What if mommy said to you all day long, I love you. I love you. I love you. But I never looked at you. I never spent time with you. I never gave you any attention. I always seemed irritated by you. If I told you that I loved you all day, and what if you said back to me, mom, you don't love me. And then I said back to you, yes, I do. I'm telling you that I love you. It would just be a word to you. Honestly, you grow to resent that word because yes. it, it wouldn't mean anything to you. Right? So again, I'm just like, I feel like the Lord says faith without action, meaning faith without like walking that out. I feel like love is just a word, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
And it and it does look like something like you just yes. said. So that's one of my main bullet points here is right. what does love look like? Yeah. I'm going to start with what I think is one of the characteristics of love, and that is unconditional yes. love. Okay, so I'm going to read a verse out of Romans that everybody knows. And this is in context to Jesus and me, Jesus and you listening. Yeah. Jesus and all of us. But I want you to think about what unconditional looks like, love looks like with you and your children. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? We could, you could insert yourself as a mother who will separate us from the love of a, a mother. Will tribulation or trouble or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. Think about that, yeah. that we can give our children something inside of them that they can be resilient and, and, in, in all the things that they face, knowing that we're for them and that we love them. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor power, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I think when our children know that no matter what they do, where they go, what happens in their lives, that this is the kind of love that God has for us. And so I think being unconditional is is one of the primary things about love in parenthood. Yes, and that reminds me so much of the story that I, I don't think you've shared yet, but I'd love for you to share that story with Josh. I mean, I feel like that's such a perfect example because that is the core, I feel like, at every child's heart. Honestly, every human being's heart is- Exactly. Will you yes, yes, will you love me no matter what? Joshua was young. I, I can't even remember how, how old, but he struggled with things really from the get-go. But one of the things is that after David was born, that was the second child, I could see he had this and there were only a, a little bit of a two-year gap. And there, there was some of that already threatening this. It's like, wow, you're going to love them more than me. How do you have enough love for both of us? But at the end of the day, one of these conversations was having the serious talk that he was very alert to. And basically, as I was trying to explain to him, that there was nothing, there was no other child, there was no other anything that would take away the love that I had for him. But he was testing it in a conversation with me one day. And the conversation went something like this. Well, what if I did this and I stole something? So maybe he was seven or eight now that I think about it. But so he kept baiting me with various things. What about this or that or the other? So he built up and very cautiously, his eyes were darting away from me. But I could tell he just had to have the clincher that he would know that no matter what ever happened, that I would love him. So he basically built it up to this question. What if I killed somebody? Well, I could see clearly I knew he was not a sociopath. So I didn't even have to jump <laughs> to that point. And right, right. I, I knew that's not where he was going. Right. So, but I realized how desperately he just needed to be sure of this at that moment in his life. So I said to him, Joshua, I love you and nothing will ever, ever cause me to stop loving you. And if you killed anyone, there would be serious consequences in your life. And mommy would not be able to prevent those consequences from happening to you. But if you were sent to prison for a long, long, long time, or even if they took your life for your, you taking someone else's life, mommy would always be there 
I would yeah. come visit you every chance I got. Yeah. And if they had given you a sentence from the judge who said that they're going to take your life, I would be the first one through that glass and I would be looking at you and I would be telling you how much I love you and I would be with you till the very end. Well, I think that kind of idea got that story that got passed around in our and the rest of you as you were born yeah. or as you got older. Yeah. I, I think the idea is that it doesn't matter. And our children, we just have to continue to assure them that it doesn't matter their behaviors or their choices. It makes me laugh because you're right. That is a story we tell now. But I know that's our family because <laughs> that became the bar. Like, yeah. Right. No matter what. That not only, right, that we'll love you, but that we'll be for you. We'll be with yes. you. I told my kids that even if you go to prison, I mean, yes. it's not like I'm saying that every day. If you go to prison, no. No. if you go to prison, I'll write you letters every day. Exactly. I always be for yes. you. And I just yeah. want to insert at this. If we would really extrapolate that as weird as that sounds to us, this is what God says about us as yes. a father. Yes. He will never leave us. Yes. He will never, no matter what we do or choose. Again, I hope I, we, we probably just need to put parentheses around this to say that neither Mary or I have any kind of grid towards liberal grace that, that it doesn't matter if we sin. No way, no how. That's not the context we're talking about the story today. We're talking about in the context of who God is, that he loves us in every way, all the time. And agape love, as we read in 13th chapter of, of Corinthians, is that it, it's basically, it believes all things, yes. hopes all things, and it endures all things. And I will tell you the closest thing that comes to that is marriage, but particularly children, yeah. the things that we stand by and endure. So I think the idea is that we, we've used the term compassion without compromise. We are never, ever, ever, ever minimizing the sin itself. But we're talking about the, this idea of agape love. It's the highest and most purest form of love. And it is the word that the word that the Bible uses when it's talking about the kind of love that God has for his son, the Trinity has for each other, and for the love that we are able to have because of him for the people that God has given us and beyond and, and for total strangers. And even beyond that, this same kind of agape love applies to our enemies. Yeah. So this, this thing is no small issue, but the more that we ourselves are drinking in from the river of life and are being changed by this kind of love, because we see that no matter what's happened to us, no matter what choices we've made, that our God still loves us and he does not stop being a perfect father. That's our standard, right? And and that's the place where our children, I think that's one of the most foundational keys to our kids' heart. And, and we can't just use language, you know, it, it has to be imprinted in us. So if right. we begin to believe that God loves us no matter what, then we can easily pass that on through not just our words, but by our modeling and how we react. And very difficult things that your kids will bring to you. Absolutely. I think that's a huge one. Even from a young age, right? When they want to tell you something they did wrong or just something that you really don't agree with or anything at all. It's that you're there to hold their heart well, to meet yes. them where they're at, to love them well, and to not be condescending and patronizing and just looking for a way to push them down, but instead always reaching down to lift them up, to encourage yes. them to speak life and hope. So absolutely. And the other day, actually, a friend of mine asked me, we were sitting on my couch and 
she kind of knows some of the story between my daughter and I. I know my daughter would not mind me sharing this. I asked her actually so, and she was totally fine. It's been a journey. It has been a journey and I won't go into all of it, but yeah, it's definitely, we've been through a lot and there was a time where it's like, no matter what I said, she just turned it around that I was against her. I, I would feel like, oh, I'm, I'm so for you. And no matter what, it was like, she just perceived it like you're against me. You don't care about me. You don't love me, which is very difficult as a parent, right? Because you're just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like you want to almost get angry and resentful. Yes. Almost want to. You do get angry. You know, you're like, I've given you everything <laughs> and you want to be angry at me. And so it's, I mean, we have to be so careful and yes. not just careful. I mean, we have to continually take that to the Lord. Nope, Lord, this is not about me. Yes. It's so easy to become baited. Yes. That's just a side note. But yes, and mom, I know you've experienced that in so many different ways. Just not being baited, but just being like, okay, Lord, I'm not, I'm not going to enter into that. So a friend asked me what has kind of shifted in my daughter and I's relationship. And a lot has shifted. So many things have shifted since a few years ago. But all of it would be the Lord. I mean, the Lord completely did it a hundred percent because no matter what I do or don't do at the end of the day, the Lord has to be the one to shift our children's hearts. Yeah. We can do everything to try to meet them where they're at, but if they don't have eyes to see and to receive that love, the Lord has to bridge the gap. So I will say that too. There is no magic formula to make our children be able to receive our love and to ultimately receive the love of the father. That is why the first thing I said to my friend was like, pray, 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 and pray some more. Like just continue to pray. And mom, I know you'd say the same thing. Yes. But the other thing I said was out of that heart of love, how, how do we show that love would be to pursue them. And I love how we're kind of taking this back to the heart of the father, because I think how does the Lord love us? He pursues us. He so pursues good. us, relentlessly pursues us. And so I feel like that was the word that just so came to mind was how do we love our kids and how did I love my daughter was to pursue her, to keep pursuing her, to keep loving her even when she kept shutting me out or kept being angry at me was keep finding ways, like tiny ways or any little inroads or doors to her heart of pursuing her. Yes. And I love that you made the connection between the father pursuit pursuit of us, his pursuit and our pursuit of our kids. I, I definitely, there were times oh, I, I just, it's, it's so funny. You're in your thirties. I'm in my sixties. We can say things with such confidence as you've done something for a long, longer period of time. I would say that if you don't feel like some of these strategies are something you really know much about, or, or you're realizing them as we talk about these things, Mary's been a mom a long time and I've been a mom and a grandma a long time. So any of these things, if one of them stands out to you and you right. know, wow, that that's something I'm not sure I've considered. But with this idea of pursuing, I would say that love, that's pretty ethereal. But we're, we're then also saying, what are the ways that we can love and, and what does love look like? I think pursuing is is definitely a, a great one. One of the things that helped me when I transitioned into asking God, I don't really know that I could be a good mother. Many of you may remember my story that I didn't want children when I got married, neither did my husband. So here I am now a spiritual mom. So what is up with that, right? How is that even possible? I would just say you can sit with God and you can begin to pray, as Mary said, but for yourself. You can right. begin to pray that God would begin to give you the heart that he has as a mother, because out of him 
flow, both mother and father, that you would begin to get something that maybe you don't even have. That was something that I did early on and not, not as early as I wish I had of, but I did at some point and I was, I kind of sat with God on that. And in that, I began to reflect forward, begin with, begin with who you are and ask God to begin to change that and to give you connections that, that you might yes. not have on your own. And for me, one of the things that helped with that is to kind of begin with the end in mind, this baby, this child. What is this? What what am I doing? And so for right. me, the only thing I had because was some of the things my mother gave to me, but I also had this deep connection with God at that point in my life. So I knew that oh, that's all I had to give away. I didn't really have a lot of these really cool things. Again, we didn't have the internet, but I think you know it's just <laughs> that's the only way to have cool yeah. Things. That's the only way to know anything. But I as we sit with that idea, we realize that there's a term we're really raising adults. But I would say to that's very true on a practical level. But what we're really raising is spiritual beings who they need to know God desperately, just like you do, all of us listening. So this is what they need. And so the more that we are sharing that experience with them, and but the more we're keeping it in the forefront of our own hearts, that eternity, this is all onto something much greater and not just eternity, but in this life. We have come to learn that we're so desperate for God and that our children would also see that they can run to God for anything and that he's there for them. Yeah. And I guess we can't not have a conversation about foundations and kids and kids' hearts without the obvious that you're my mother. And so how how do we have such a good relationship? And as we're saying, it was that love it definitely was not that we were super obedient children. Apparently, my mom said I didn't stop throwing like fall on the floor tantrums until I was 11. So, <laughs> so yes, yes. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and to, to add to that picture, I would say I, I know I know for a fact because I've been in so many of your lives, meaning you represent so many others. Yeah. And I know what's going on in a lot of homes and and I know you're not doing it perfectly or your husband isn't or right. your single mom right. or many other scenarios. But at the end of the day, I know that you don't have necessarily those resources right. to draw from. I've heard a couple of podcasts by women who are my age-ish or I, it's almost a little discouraging to me because it, it seems like they had all the right things in place. Right. And right. that I, I even it's hard to get that out of my throat. It gets caught like I almost want to cry when just saying that. So, and believe me, I would have wanted to bring that to the table a thousand percent. But but I'm I'm aware that more and more of us are broken because we didn't have mothers or fathers or yes. something that we desperately needed. And I always feel like I'm talking to you, you listening. And if yes. you feel like that, I just want to say that God doesn't overlook you. Yes. And he's given you these children to you. And he knows your broken parts. And he knows the parts that you're weak and you're not strong. I would say again, falling in love with your children is something that God can help you do. Yeah. Falling in love with God, it takes God to love God. It takes God to love your children. Yep. It takes God to love it all. As you lean into those things, I would say just listening to your children. Yes. Listening to them is profound. It's profound. Children want to be seen and heard by you as the parent. I mean, that's one of their longings to be loved, but 
also in action to listen to them, to speak life into them. As they tell you a story, you listen and you're, you're present. And I think that's one gift that God had given me with so many I didn't have. And, and you can lean into the strong gift that you have that will connect you with your children. So we think it's money. We didn't have much of any money. And really what they want is you. They want your time. They want you to do, you know, and I, I wasn't a good play person. I think I mentioned that another time. But children just love to be heard. Yeah. And they love for you to speak life into them. Again, that's real because you've been present and you're listening and you can help impart something at the end of one of their stories or at the end of one of your stories to them. I think time with them, listening well, that's that's the main thing I gave was listening and talking and spending yes. time. Yes. I mean, that's definitely something I remember throughout our childhood. It wasn't so much that, I mean, because you worked at different points and it wasn't like, like we're saying, you just stayed at home and you had candles lit for us when we walked in the door. I'm not mocking that or minimizing that. Like, that's awesome. But at the end of the day, those are just kind of formulas, really, if it doesn't have the heart behind it. Um, so yeah, our, our life was crazy and chaotic. And even after the Lord did encounter our dad and things had shifted and it wasn't as crazy in certain ways, but it was still all sorts of crazy and just busy and hectic. And we were just still kind of walking out our own stories and journeys. But in the midst of that, I, no matter how crazy or chaotic the day was, I know I could just plop on the couch and you would just kind of stop. I I hesitate to say stop everything because I I get it. We can't just stop everything on any given moment. Right. Right. But there was, there was an ability for you to, to see. And I, I do feel like this takes the Holy Spirit to see, oh, wait, this is a window right now with my kid. They're here, they're present. And whoever's listening, if your kids are really little, I know that they just want every second of you. They're truly like a, like they want to siphon all of your energy (laughs) (laughs) to that. I'm kind of like, you know what? You cannot give them your blood and sweat. Last, yes. Last breath. Yes. Right. Right. Like they would take everything from you if, if you could. So you have to have boundaries. Hey, nope, this is mommy's time or I have to work. I I get that. But as they get a little bit older, they're going to have lives. They're going to have stuff, but you start to see, and you can ask the Holy spirit, Lord, help me to see where there's a window where there's this opening where their hearts are tender, where they just want to sit and talk to you. And so I feel like you, you did that so well. We might not have talked to you all throughout the day. We're with our friends, craziness, but you saw the window where it was Mm. like, Oh, they're, they're open right now. They just want to sit and just chat about nothing. And I'm yes. just going to listen to their stories. I'm going to laugh. I'm not going to interject my own little, Yes, you know, if that makes sense. Yes. yes. And I think, again, it's, it's about them at that moment and you're, and they're feeling listened to there. That that's that part of, I have language for it now, but at the time I didn't at all. Right. Yeah, actually we, and I know mom, I've told you this, but we started calling them shore moments with our oldest daughter, Annabella, and we've told her this, but basically, especially as she got a little bit older, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, and kind of got that angstiness. I'm sure some of your moms are seeing and feeling yes. that angstiness in your children. And I would sometimes feel like I was at the shore of an ocean and she was out in the middle of the ocean and I couldn't reach her. I didn't know how to access her heart. I didn't know how to get there. And it was just like, she was just out in the middle of the ocean. And when she was out there, it felt almost impossible to connect with her heart. No matter what I said or did, and it was either we were missing each other or she was just kind of despondent or kind of against me. It just felt like, ah, but 
every now and then I'd have something we'd call shore moments where it's like she would find her way to the shore and I mm. knew it was a moment that we could connect. And mm. so I was just asking the Lord and the Holy Spirit, Lord, show me when there's shore moments, show me when it's a shore moment. And then I would stop everything and then I would go meet her on the shore and connect with her heart. And I, I just do feel like though, that is the Holy Spirit leading us to be able to say, is this a time to connect? Will this be a time that my kids can receive the love that I'm giving them? Man, I love that word. And I would say that again, I wasn't as developed as you are. I mean, at your <laughs> age, I definitely wasn't, but, or, or when I was raising them at that age. And uh, I think that's exactly what I'm, I'm talking about is that right. even if you just intuitively know, and I would say one of the most obvious ways is when they do seek you out. Right. When we're talking about even 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, every age they get older, it's more precious. Right. Because you know that they are open. They're ripe at that moment. And if you're paying attention at all, you're noticing <clears throat> that they kind of, they're, it's like a cat who just sort of look, puts its head down. You know, obviously it wants to be petted and you can see by body language and by the fact that they're right. not just staying in their cave and they're, they're coming near you. There are just so many ways to note that, man, they seem like they're open. Even if you just say one thing to them and you can see them just immediately kind of want to respond with a little more than a response. Right. There's just so many ways that become so obvious to you as you know the heart of your child. But I do think time is the most precious thing you have. Yeah. to give to your children. And really, we know as moms that that's, that is kind of our greatest sacrifice, right? Because life yeah. is so busy. So so I think that time is, remember when the little ones, they just want you to watch a dumb movie with them. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'll just waste an hour and a half sitting here watching this movie. Right, right. But at the same time, that to them, that's quality time. Your body language, you're curled up with each other, right? And there's usually something good that you've shared and they can talk about it. And I came to love some of those movies because children's movies, because it was such a great time. There'd be a point of sadness or fear right. and you could just reflect on that afterwards. Absolutely. So, so communication was my thing. That's for sure. All of you have something that God has given you that you can bless your children with. But I think at the end of the day, really it, loving them well so that they know that no matter what you're for them and you're never against them and you're not disgusted with them. And you haven't made judgments about them, but I think also spending time with them is key. Just as we close, I also feel like in that same vein, I'm thinking about people like you, mom, like empty nesters. Their kids are all grown up. And I know something that you've told me all the time. <laughs> it's sometimes discouraging, but also good. You're like, oh, Mary, it never ends. Parenting <laughs> never ends. I'm like, oh, awesome. But it's so true. And Charlie and I have talked about this a lot of our kids will never stop wanting us to pursue their hearts, yes. no matter how old they get, no matter if they're 18, no matter 25, like you don't ever stop. You don't yes. ever like arrive, right? It's going to look different, but it doesn't matter who you are. I'm 35. Like it doesn't matter how old you are. You want your parents to pursue you. Yes. You want them to be for you. You want them yes. to seek you out. And so it doesn't ever end. And you can always find ways to Again, there's all sorts of different ways, like find yes. what they're interested in. Just let them just listen, just listen, ask them questions. But yeah, just pursuing your child's heart, no matter what age they are, what season they're in, I think is key. Yeah, me too. As we're closing, Mary, I wanted to throw in a couple of things. 
So we can talk about all these things, but let me let me just say one thing to everybody listening, and I'm including myself. Here's the thing. We talk a lot about integration in this podcast, and this is a prime example that I want everyone to be aware of in closing, and that is that what we're saying and what we're presenting ourselves to and what we're doing are more and more integrated. And let me give you some examples of that, particularly as your children are at home and you're raising them. The fact is, is you, you could be talking. Your kids start listening to you at three and four and five. They hear what you're saying. They're just behind a wall or actually they're just in the next room that has no right. wall. Right. The fact of the matter is if we're talking about these grand things about loving well and all these things and we're saying, but what if they hear us smashing our, our mother-in-law or our neighbor or just constantly arguing with our husbands or whatever it is, the fact is, is that those things will influence the level of trust. Right. And they will influence the level of your children feeling safe. Because if we're the same person of how yes. we are with them, but if they're just in some sort of bubble, but our lives represent something else entirely, yes. how about right. they bring one of their friends over? Now they're a teen and the teen, you haven't met them yet. And this other teen walks in your door and they look like, something from Venus or Mars with so many things that are different to counterculturally to you or your family. I remember oftentimes yeah. part of my intimacy came through how I treated their friends that they yeah, brought home. It's so true. It needs to be one and the same. Love will win. It always will win. And, and you don't have to fear. You can bless and love even the other kids who come into your home. But all these things, I think that our public life especially, needs to match up. Because for our kids, we're talking about love, but I would say that some other big things with kids have to do with trust. Can yeah. they trust that what you say, your yes is yes, your no is no? I mean, there's so many practical things we could say because we didn't get into so much the practical side today on this. Right. But I would say modeling is something you want to keep in your mind. Yeah. It's everything in parenting. It's everything in parenting. No matter what you say, what are you doing? What are the actions and the choices you're making? So these two things, this is why it all comes down to everything. To give away the best parts of yourself, you actually have to have those best parts. Right. right. So if you're if you're not pursuing your own wholeness, your own emotional regulation, all these things within doing these things that we're talking about ongoing. What do you really have that's sustainable to give to your children? They will pick up on all the broken parts faster than anything. Of course, we're we're admitting those things and all those all all that idea. But depending on how much that's affecting you personally, it can become a dominant thing in your household. So no matter I have talked to it feels like hundreds of kids that were in their 20s and 30s and who have such strong residue. Yeah. From Christian families that said one thing and did something dramatically different or had so much mental illness that was left untreated. Right. This is where the wholeness comes in. This is where families can build trust because love can break down when there's not trust, no matter yeah. how much your heart feels love. So we have to also know that love and trust, this is who God is. He's safe. We can count on him. He's faithful. And these are the parts of parenting that I think go hand in hand with love, is that we're safe. I just wanted to add that piece. 
And you take it away, Mary. That's such a good, good place to end it on because it's the bridge to love is trust. But you're absolutely right. Like that there's not this huge discrepancy in what we're saying and what we're, what we're doing, right? And the way that we're treating our children and then the way we're treating everybody else that we see yes. or that are coming in the doors. We're not making little snarky comments and all of that. Our kids are just picking all that up. And I think what we said in a past episode of especially younger children, I almost forget what it was, but it was that our children are great at observation, but not so great at interpretation, right? Yes. So they're just, if they're just observing us being judgmental all the time, yes. I'm not saying we have to be perfect, yeah. but we're going to get frustrated or whatever. But right. If it's a, if it's a continual thread of just judgment and snarky comments and gossiping and negativity and condescension and patronizing, um, yes, it, it doesn't matter what we say or do. That's what they're observing and their interpretation will be, I can't trust someone yes. that just constantly has that lens. So a hundred percent. Yes. And when you are that way to acknowledge it, yes. to acknowledge it with our children, that's something we've really tried hard to do, have not done it perfectly at all. But uh, one really last thing I'll say is something Annabella said that just made my heart so happy the other day was she was like, yeah, I was talking to some of my friends and they were just saying how messed up their families were or something. Mm. And they were like, so is your family super messed up too? Or I don't know. I, sometimes I feel like it's some sort of comparison, you know, like, <laughs> hey, how messed up is your family? I'm like, okay. Anyways, but she was like, well, I mean, yeah, they have stuff, but my parents are really good at even when it's a really hard day or something happens or whatever, that we all come together and we acknowledge it happened and we'll talk mm -hmm. about it. And I'm like, we do do that. And so it just made my heart so happy that she saw that. I'm like, I'm so glad you see that, Bella, because that is so my heart that we mm -hmm. that we don't just right, push stuff under the rug, that we acknowledge it like when dysfunctional stuff happens. So we're like, yeah. That was, that was weird. That wasn't okay. And let's yes. call it for what it is. And how, how is our hearts? How are we feeling? So yeah, I, I love that. I love that. Mm. And I feel like mm. this episode has been super awesome. I know we haven't touched on insanely practical things, but I definitely feel like there has been some practical and I'm sure we'll get to more of that in the future. But yes. this was, this was awesome, Ma. Yeah, it was. And because this is a hard subject, I just feel like I want to just do a, a, a short prayer. Yes. God doesn't need a lot of words, but let's just close in prayer. Yes. Jesus, God, we are all desperate for you, especially in the realm of those of us who are mothers. And God, for every woman out here who's listening who's not a mother, she has had a mother. So God, you know how much this whole issue of mothering affects all of us as, as women. So God, I just so pray for a blessing over everyone who's heard this today, God, that they would feel hope and encouraged, Lord, that they would know that it's not too far beyond their reach just to begin to take a breath and be present and love like you love God, just to treat others the way that they would want to be treated as they're empowered more and more by your presence. So Lord, I, I again, we just ask for that next baby step, that next small thing to try to incorporate in our parenting God, and Lord, that you are not far away, that you are with us and present with us. And at the end of the day, God, that we would all trust and know that you love our children so much more than we're even capable of. And they are in your hands and you are safe and faithful. We love you, Jesus. Bless those who've listened to this today. We pray with a special blessing today. Amen. 
Thank you so much again for tuning in to the More Than Enough podcast. We are still busy behind the scenes setting up our website, but for now, if you would like to stay up to date or follow along, you can follow us on Instagram at Girls. That's A-M-E-S-G-I-R-L-S. We know that because we're a newer podcast, one of the best ways for people to find us is through reviews. So if you would take just a few minutes and write us a review on Apple Podcasts, we would be so grateful. Thank you so much again for joining us, and we look forward to chatting it up again with you next week. Have a lovely week.